What's up, everybody? Today on the show, we are trying to find the weaknesses of the Chargers. We're going to try to figure out how the Vikings can attack them, see if they can't squeak a win out of this thing. Plus, your bold predictions don't think I forgot here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. This episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Today on the show, we, of course, are talking about Vikings Chargers. I wanted to get into the X's and O's of the Chargers. There's been a lot of distractions this week. Um, Those things still go on and all that. We still got to watch all that. Um, But today I want to talk about the Chargers themselves. Let's do a little X's and O's. Let's get into this matchup so you actually have some idea of what to expect. If you want the broad strokes, kind of talked about that with David Drogemeyer of Locked On Chargers yesterday on Crossover Thursday. Check that out. Um, But for a little bit more in-depth stuff, stick with me. We will talk about all of that. Real quick, some injury report information. Of course, yesterday's injury report, I was going off the Wednesday version, which was a walkthrough, so it was an estimation. This was an actual uh, injury report. We have some upgrades. News is better than the Vikings thought, I guess. Oli Udo, Cameron Dantzler, Harrison Hand were all estimated to be limited on Wednesday. On Thursday, they practiced in full, uh, but Anthony Barr still DNP with the knee. Um, they have kind of told us they still like expect him to play through all this stuff, but they just are going to kind of have to rest him sporadically throughout the season with his knee issue. Um, it's just something that's going to bother him. So they say he'll probably play. I don't know how much I trust them there. Bashad Breland's still limited with the groin injury he suffered against the Ravens. Um, and Michael Pierce still not playing with the elbow. We're like probably pretty sure that he's not going to play in this one, which is a bummer. Um, also Kenny Willekes DNP with an illness, which is obviously concerning, though I do not think that that is a COVID-19 that I think he'd be he'd already be on the list if he was so sick that he couldn't practice. So uh, if it were COVID-19, so it might just be flu or whatever. All of that aside, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the Chargers themselves. And specifically, there's something that David told me yesterday. Basically, I did not know the Chargers had the worst run defense in the league. I knew it. I knew it had been a problem. I knew that the Browns ran on them a lot. I'm pretty sure the Patriots ran on them pretty good. A couple other teams ran on them a lot. Um, so I, went, I watched that Browns game because the Browns run scheme and our run scheme are pretty similar and wanted to see kind of what happened there. I want to talk about that run defense a little bit because at the center of it, at, at the, the tip of the spear is our good pal Linval Joseph. Um, so I was like, well, what's going on with that, right? Is he, is he washed? Is he old? Um, and I think there is a little of that, but they're also having him play head up nose tackle where we always had him play one technique nose tackle. Those two things functionally might not seem that different because, you know, one guy playing directly in front of the center, you know, lined up directly on the center versus lined up between the center and the guard. It's like you're moving over like a foot. Like what could the difference be? But the differences are pretty huge for one. If you are a one technique, it's going to be harder for a center to reach block you. You might know what a reach block is because you have been paying attention to Garrett Bradbury, and that's kind of like his whole thing. Uh, But a a reach block is essentially if you start start out on the left side of a guy, get across his face, and then seal him off from the right. Um, So it's essentially a block where you 
are blocking the opposite direction from where you started. So you have to get all the way across the guy's face, flip your hips around and block him. It's a very difficult block. And so the alignments really start to matter when it comes to thwarting those blocks, defeating those blocks. And a lot of times in run defense, your job will be to stay on a certain shoulder of the lineman. Now, in some time, in some cases, things just sort of line up pretty and you luck out where he's reach blocking you, but you were supposed to be on that shoulder of his anyways, and everybody's happy. Uh, and, and, you know, neither of you are actually trying to contest each other and the play's probably just going to be decided elsewhere. Um, but in some cases, you're competing for that shoulder. If you are the nose tackle, like Linval Joseph, you got to get to the guy's right shoulder, but he's trying to reach block you to the right. You're kind of racing each other to see who can get in front of each other first, right? Who can get into the gap first. Um, and Linval Joseph, he was always way more athletic than he should have been for his size. And I think in his age, that's not true anymore. Um, and that it lasted for as long as it did is like an incredible feat of humanity. Uh, but you know what? Yeah, he's getting up there and it's, he doesn't move like quite the way he used to. Um, so the Browns got a lot of reach blocks on Linval Joseph and on Jerry Tillery on and everybody in that interior. They have a very, very aggressive linebacker core that the running backs uh, that, you know, Chubb and Hunt for Cleveland really took advantage of in that game. So you had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of broken arm tackles and stuff and just good running that just unlocked these. But there was a lot of just washing guys out of the play, a lot of getting those reach blocks and stuff. All of this culminates in a pretty lukewarm take, which is Garrett Bradbury sure would help. This is what he was built for. I mean, this is the kind of game that Garrett Bradbury is on your team to do. And if he's unavailable, he's unavailable. You go with Mason Cole. The Vikings against the Ravens asked Mason Cole to perform, I believe, two reach blocks. One of them, was, or both of them, I think, did pretty well. One of them almost ended up in a touchdown. Uh, it was the the play right before Kirk Cousins jumped up over the top of the pile, the one that got within like an inch of the, of the goal line. Mason Cole reach blocked on that play on the goal line. Tough block, made it well. Good job. So they can't ask him to but i think it is telling that in the entire game they asked him to reach block twice and garrett bradbury reach blocks on like every other play um so the the run scheme changed a lot and they won't have as easy of a time taking advantage of the weaknesses that that the chargers have i think the weakness the the chargers also just kind of struggle to get off of blocks um, they will be in the right gap, but you can kind of widen them out or if you can get a enough space or if you can kind of manipulate them the right way and be very precise in the way that Dalvin Cook is, you might be able to get through a gap that's technically covered just by forcing them to get off a block and make an arm tackle or get off the block and make a better tackle um, and having too much burst up through the hole. You know, that's what, what Nick Chubb really did. He, he kind of flashes through that hole real quick and you have to get off your block, make the tackle and time it kind of perfectly. And the Chargers aren't very good at that. So that is, I think, one weakness of the I think that's one of the things like contributing to them having such a bad run defense. And that chart, that Browns game in particular is going to weight down all of their statistics because it was such a beating. And so you kind of want to go see if you can't replicate what they did there. But I think more interesting to me is not how you take advantage of a unit that everybody else took advantage of, but more how do you slow down Justin Herbert? They asked Andre Patterson about this, and he basically said, yeah, get pressure on the quarterback. And like, of course, right? But um, it's a it's a difficult thing. And so I, I spent a lot of time like learning coverages and stuff. I can't go too deep in the weeds because we also have the bold predictions. But I want to talk a little bit about um, how they can sort of avoid the pitfalls of what has sunk them in coverage in the last two games. 
um, because the corners have struggled a lot. And how can we better hide them without going fully into just like soft zone coverages and um, stuff that doesn't ask your corners to be good at all? Is there a middle ground and stuff? And, and can we get into the specifics of that? So we'll get into that. But first, we all have, I think, pretty good memories associated with, you know, childhood going to Mickey D's, high school going to Mickey D's, stopping off on a road trip, whatever it is, rest and recharge, use their free Wi-Fi, get a coffee in the morning, all of that kind of thing. McDonald's is more than just a restaurant where you get tasty, affordable food. It can be a community center, a hangout, and a place to make memories. Thank you so much to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Once again, thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. I want to talk about that Chargers offense. Specifically, okay, so Keenan Allen was upgraded. He was a DNP on Wednesday with a, a knee injury. He was upgraded on Thursday to limited, which is a pretty good sign toward him playing. Um, so they're going to be fairly full strength. Um, Justin Jackson, the running back, is dealing with a quad. He's been DNP. They're really, really banged up in the secondary, but their offense is at relatively full strength. Um, their left tackle is Rayshon Slater, who is killing it. Uh, as we all kind of knew he would. Their right tackle is our old friend Storm Norton, Storm Norton, who is not so much killing it. Um, so there might be some opportunities there. Now, Everson Griffin will probably stay uh, rushing from the right side, where he always does against Rayshon Slater. Really interesting matchup, right, against the rookie. And then you'll have the sort of DJ Wanham, maybe Willikiss, uh, maybe like Patrick Jones, maybe whoever, um, sort of rotating in over on the other side. Interesting stuff. Um that's all going to be really fun in the pass rush. And Andre Patterson was like, get pressure on Justin Herbert. And I thought that was interesting because in 2020, uh, Justin Herbert was by a study that I did. I talked about this um, uh, on Crossover Thursday yesterday. Justin Herbert was, by my estimation, the best pressure eraser in the league. That's not the best quarterback in the league. Of course, you know, there's Tom Brady and whatever, but best pressure eraser, which means the EPA on pressured plays for Justin Herbert and the EPA on non-pressured plays, the difference between those two was the smallest for Justin Herbert in the league. If you're curious, Kirk Cousins ranked about 24th in that stat. Um, I think 23rd, actually. So he's really good at erasing pressure. And part of that was scrambling. Part of that was getting the ball out and stuff like that. Part of that, I think, were quirks of the way I used PFF's pressure numbers, the, the way that they chart um, certain things. You know, if you get the ball out quickly, a pressure might not get logged. Um, but they, I, I don't think they'll call it a pressured snap if it's like quick game to begin with and stuff. And that's like kind of, I don't know. Either way, um, the Chargers were very good at making light of pressure, making pressure not define everything, right? It's like a skill that they have, which is frustrating to watch considering that it's a skill the Vikings very much do not have. So there's that. And then they've got good wide receivers, Mike Williams, and he's big. And if you remember a couple years ago, he like totally sunned Mike Hughes. Uh, Mike Hughes in the division with him now. Uh, and you've got, of course, Keenan Allen on the other side. And then they've got all these big tight ends and stuff. They got a lot of big contested catch guys. So the Chargers might come out and say, well, we'll just let them be tall. We'll just run them all out and we'll let all these things be jump balls. And that might play right into the Vikings' hands. Um, the Vikings love to play match uh, man match stuff. And basically that means without getting way, 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 way deep into the weeds, but I will go into the weeds so someday. Um, not today though. It, it's a lot of, if he goes inside, I have man coverage on him. If he goes outside, you have man coverage on him. So it's man coverage technique, but with certain rules that prevent you from getting picked on the play or prevent, um, you know, you from being in the wrong leverage against certain uh, routes and stuff like that. And to kind of help you out. So, 
it, it will give you the chance to kind of play um, with your eyes on the quarterback and, and eyes on the quarterback is a great way to a prevent him from like scrambling out on you. Um, because I mean, he, he does have enough mobility to be that kind of threat on the ground. You kind of have to keep your eyes on him to some degree. And, uh, it will give you the, the chance to maybe jump the route and not be in a contested catch situation where you have to suddenly box out a guy like Donald Parham who's very good at that. So those coverages are, are going to be really useful to the Vikings. The problem is they just have to keep their corners protected. Um, so there are two different, or there's, there's a kind of coverage that corners will often be asked to do in these, which is called Meg, which is man everywhere he goes. Um, M-E-G, Meg. Meg coverage is very difficult because you don't have any help anywhere. A lot of times when you're in Meg coverage, the reason for that is because whatever's going on in the middle of the field is split up between the linebacker and this nickel corner and the safety or two linebackers or whatever. They're all splitting things up and you take him if he goes inside, I'll take him if he goes outside and all that stuff. Um, and on the outside, they're doing all that and they have the luxury to do all that because you can be trusted on the outside with your guy. The problem is if the Chargers see Keenan Allen on in Meg coverage against uh, Bashad Breland or Cameron Dantzler or Chris Boyd, they're just going to take that. And whatever else happens on the uh, on the on the inside of the plate doesn't really matter um, because Keenan Allen can just beat Cameron Dantzler on a route or Chris Boyd on a route. Uh, and same with Mike Williams on the other side. So that's going to be a very, very difficult thing that the Vikings are going to have to make this like existential decision where they're going to have to ask themselves, how confident are we? We are going up against, um, I mean, we went up against the Cowboys. That was CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, an elite duo. We have another elite duo here. What do you do? Uh, can you trust these guys in Meg? And, and you might just say, well, then just don't trust them in Meg. The problem is, um, that takes away a lot of the tools that the defense has at its disposal. If you can't trust the cornerback in Meg, there are a bunch of route concepts that are only countered by uh, coverage concepts that utilize Meg coverage on the outside. And so the Chargers can essentially call those concepts all day and put the Vikings into this Sophie's choice. Do I either trust Bashad Breland one-on-one -on -one against Keenan Allen, or do I call a coverage that loses to the route concept and then it doesn't matter? And I guess given that choice, I guess I would take the off chance that Bashad Breland wins a snap or two um, rather than just losing to being countered by the coverage. But it's this really weird Sophie's choice, and it's why... I think Justin Herbert's just going to have to get his, right? And you're just going to have to outscore them. And look, if you can run the ball on them, and they're the worst run defense in the league, if you can run the ball on them, at least according to Drew <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that's if there's maybe a worse one somewhere, but well, I'll, I'll take his word for it. And if you can run the ball on that, you can keep the offense off the field, you can keep your defense rested, and we can avoid some of the problems where they play like 90 snaps against the Ravens. But you got to be able to run the ball. If you can't run the ball in this game, you can't run the ball on anyone. And if you can't run the ball on anyone, pack it in, boys. I mean, maybe you've already packed it in. But uh, if, if you can't find a way to run the ball in this game, everything is broken. And it, it might already be broken, but like, my goodness, you got to be able to find a way to run the ball against a run defense that is particularly poor against the scheme that you run like they're bad at what they do and what they do loses to you figure it out um i do want to get into the bold predictions though so let's uh let's dive into that in just a second first let me tell you about my new favorite app it is get 
GetUpside. GetUpside is an awesome app. It is a free app on uh, Google Play or the uh, Apple App Store, and it saves you money on gas. Who doesn't love that? You can save up to 25 cents a gallon per fill-up by using the GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. You can actually get 50 cents a gallon on your first fill-up, double the savings. All that added up over like a month. If you drive a lot, it could be like two, three hundred bucks. Like it's real money and you can cash out whenever you want. Get Upside just tells you participating gas stations around you. You go to one of those, fill up, tell Get Upside uh, what, what gas station you went to. It'll take a day or two to process. The money just shows up in your account and you can cash out whenever you want, however you want. You can do Amazon gift cards or like Google Play gift cards, or you can just do like a PayPal or a direct deposit into a bank account if you don't want to mess with any of that stuff. So go to the GetUpside app, use promo code TOUCHDOWN for up to 50 cents a gallon off on your first fill up. Get your cash back for going and getting gas with the GetUpside app. Once again, promo code TOUCHDOWN. Are you ready to get bold? It is time for the bold prediction. I love this part. End of the week, every week. Happy Friday. We're doing some bold predictions. If you have bold predictions for me, you can send them to me at Luke Brunt NFL or at Locked on Vikings on Twitter. Usually put out the call sometime on Thursday. Uh, you guys sent out a whole bunch. Thank you so much for all of them. Of course, I can only pick so many. So here they are. Uh, we're actually going to start by re-examining the ones from last week. We'll see if any of those hit, uh, and then we'll get into the week 10 bold predictions. The first one came from Focus Fuller, who said that Kirk would catch a pass for a first down. That did not happen. Uh, IITOI said Lamar would finish with negative rushing yards. I'm pretty sure he went over 100 on the day, so that didn't go. Uh, Kyle Slaby said Latavius Murray revenge game. He gains more rushing yards and more receiving yards than any Viking individually in those categories. I want to double check uh, real quick that that didn't happen, but I'm pretty sure that didn't happen because it was more of a Le'Veon Bell game. Yeah, Latavius Murray didn't even carry the ball, so not, not much of a revenge game. Vikings France said Dakota Dozier is activated from the practice squad and allows zero pressures. Um, he, I believe this was before he was put on the COVID IR list. He ended up, I mean, he was the one that ended up in the hospital with COVID-19, uh, which was really scary. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be active for this game either, it sounds like. Skull or whatever said Patrick Jones, too, will get a sack in his first career drive. That one's still live, actually, because Patrick Jones uh, hasn't played yet. And James Kunow said another defensive delay of game penalty occurs, allowing Justin Tucker to kick a 60 plus game winning field goal. Um, I said any defensive delay of game that leads to a score would count. I do not believe we had a defensive delay of game penalty that led to scores. I think we did have defensive penalties that ended up helping them score like pass interference or whatever, but that doesn't count. Um, so I'm going to put Skull or whatever's uh, Patrick Jones in this uh, in, in both categories here. So I'm keeping that one live. So Patrick Jones can still get a sack on his first career drive. But we have more for uh, week 10. The first one comes from King Squeaks, who says that Bynum will be the NFL Defensive Player of the Week. Cameron Bynum, NFL Defensive Player of the Week. We already know Harrison Smith is uh, has no choice but to still be out. He is, still has to serve his 10 days on the COVID IR because uh, he's unvaccinated and positive and symptomatic and all that stuff. So at least 10 days. And that will not be up before the Chargers game. So still no Harrison Smith. We still have Cameron Bynum. He made a very heady play in that Ravens game to get that interception. So do that one more time and maybe you get NFL Defensive Player of the Week. That would be pretty sick. I would even give this to you for NFC Defensive Player of the Week. 
uh, that that would be that would be a pretty good call. I'd still give that to you. Uh, Brett says Vikings defense and special teams outscore the Chargers offense, including safeties, pick six, extra points. So extra points is really important here. Um, of course, defensive touchdowns, safeties and all of that stuff. I would say return touchdowns and stuff too are, are special teams, right? Anything that would like count under a, a DST in fantasy. Um, so that would be very interesting, right? If the Vikings could just shut down the Chargers offense, they only score seven points. You get, you know, uh, a field goal, two field goals and a couple of extra points. And then suddenly you got eight special teams points to seven, that kind of thing. It would be a pretty intense call. That would be, that would be a pretty uh, corner case, but I could, you know, that, there's a world right where they just figure it out. Uh, certified Kellen Monstan has a very interesting one who said this Sunday, the Vikings and Chargers will combine for more total yards than there are new COVID cases in LA. So I looked up the COVID stats in LA, um, LA day to day goes a little over a thousand new COVID cases a day, somewhere around 11, 1200. Um, that would be a pretty intense day of total offense. Everybody would need five, 600 yards, which would be pretty unheard of. However, there have been kind of lower days in LA of COVID cases. There was one in October where they had like 800 yards. That's a little more feasible. Um, so there's definitely a world, but this feels extremely improbable. Uh, Tone Setter Messiah said, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, sideline spat. So for this, it has to be featured on the broadcast. We have to know about it. We can't just say, oh, yeah, we, I got hot on the sideline or something like that. We got to see it. There's got to be a clip of it. We got to we got to know um, between Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. I don't think this one cashes because Justin Jefferson, I mean, he, he's been frustrated and we've heard him kind of say like, come on, man, throw it to me or whatever. Uh, like, I think we heard him in a, in a game last year where he was open and he didn't get the target and be like, come on, Kirk, or something like that. Um, that doesn't count. We need on the sideline, a spat yelling. And we, if it is, if there's a mic'd up later and it turns out they were just trying to yell over the crowd noise and they were talking about, you know, route combos or whatever, that doesn't count. We need a true spat here. And I just don't think Justin Jefferson just doesn't have that kind of uh, angry personality. He just seems like a really happy go lucky guy. And he was asked about target share and stuff like that. And he was like, whatever the team wants. So I don't know, just doesn't strike me the same way. I mean, yeah, he's a wide receiver and Diggs was a wide receiver too, but he's not Diggs. Stop making Justin Jefferson out to just be Diggs 2.0. Delusional Vikings fan says Justin Herbert will get sacked four times each time a different Viking. Um, so five sacks, you're out. Three sacks, you're out. So I, I am making you stick to the specificity of this and each time a different Viking is really fun. Um, that, that would be a really fun way for this to go. I feel like four is a pretty good, bold number. Um, and if it is four and nobody got two, that th- there's a way that this works with like Mike Zimmer's blitz packages and stuff where you could get an unblocked one. So you get, you know, an Everson Griffin sack and then you get like Armin Watts has been doing some stuff, getting some sacks. And then you like, you need a random, like a Mackenzie Alexander and somebody else coming in, you know, an Xavier Woods sack, right? Um, or it wouldn't have to be a different defensive lineman, just a different Viking. And I think that's the, the way that you've really opened yourself up for this to, to work out. Uh, and then the last one I'm going to do is Evan Creed, who says CJ Ham has the longest receiving touchdown. I absolutely love that one. Um, because that could be three yards, right? And then you've got like a couple of first and goal at the ones that turn into passing touchdowns, right? Um, so do you, like that's the world where this catches, and that is an absolutely hilarious world and one that I want to live in. So uh, that I, I really hope that one catches. That'd be good. And then, of course, just a reminder, we're doing the we we are copy pasting the one from school or whatever from last week about Patrick Jones getting a sack in his first career drive because that one is still lie we have not he did not say we'll get a sack in the first career drive this game we're we're copy pasting it so we're gonna uh stick to that 
Vikings are currently three-point underdogs. Uh, for me, I will pick against the Vikings until they prove me wrong. Um, and they did cover last week, but until they prove to me that they can be a real team and, and focused. That's what I want to see from them in this game. I want to see them be focused. I want to see them be driven. And I want to see them stop making the shoot yourself in the foot mistakes, the holding penalties, the illegal formations, the false starts and all that stuff. Stop shooting yourself in the foot. Stop getting yourselves into second and 20 and uh, see if you can't push the ball downfield. Damn it. They got to figure out a way to do that. It can't be this easy to defend the Vikings. So if I can see them get out of their own way, they've got as good a chance as anybody. But of course, that's proven to be too much to ask in the last couple of years. So we'll see if maybe they can turn it around here. Um, I will be at the game. So you might see some stuff from me there. So go ahead and check that out. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. They'll be previewing the whole weekend of football from the national perspective, doing a great job over there. We'll see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.